Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. As we get started, I'm excited. As we start a new year, we're also starting a new series. We're going to be looking at um, it's something that I believe is really going to help all of us in growing together. We're going to be looking at what God really has for our lives just in general, but also what about right now? What about the blip in history that we're fulfilling the plan that he has for us here and now? And so I just believe that as we get into this series, will you go ahead and throw up our title slide? I'm going to see if my phone will let me do it, but I'm not sure. It's loading. There we go. So we're going to literally, I mean, I can guarantee you every single church right now that is starting a vision series has, has titled it this, okay? This is not creative. Uh, pretty sure you could go down the street and hear about 2020 vision, right? Because this is a year um, of, of having God's vision for our lives, but I want it to be uh, in clarity. I want it to be, I want you to not have any confusion or questions about what God has for your life. And so as we look at this, we're going to start today on just what vision is in general and what it looks like for our lives. And um, I don't know about you, but literally vision, what do you think about when you think of vision? Because I know what I think of, because if I take these off, like many of you guys are blurry and that's been tempting. It has been, I won't lie. It has been tempting to leave them. No, I'm just kidding for the most part. Just kidding. But, but if I, I can read my Bible right in front of me without them, but I can't see you guys. And so vision for me, I'm like, it means I have to put something on every day. It means there is something that I take care of because if something happens to him, I can't see as clearly as I would like to. And in my house, it's even a little bit different. You see, the glasses signify something in my home, especially with me. So this started with Judah when he was, what, maybe two, two and a half, probably around Levi's age now. And he knew that if he wanted to wrestle with dad, dad's glasses had to come off because I didn't want him to get broken. And so he developed this phrase of, take your glasses off, take your glasses off. And so the glasses would come off, they'd sit on a table, and then he would just start swinging and kicking as hard as he could. And Ellie would come running, jumping from the side. I didn't even see her coming, because she wanted to get in on it. But now this has already evolved to where Levi's picked up on it. And so he's taking that whole phrase over, take your glasses off, take your glasses off. And so I love it, it's fun. We're trying to figure out if it's still the right thing for Levi at his age, with all that aggression and if maybe we need a different outlet. But, but for us in our home, vision is something that I value. It's something that I want to protect. It's something that I know that, hey, these are important. And my kids even get it to a certain extent. Dad needs those later on. In fact, if we're going to go anywhere else, he's going to need those. So we need to set them aside so we can roughhouse for a little bit. But for us in our lives, spiritually speaking, there is vision that God wants us to have. And it is something that we should value. It is something that we should protect. It is something that we should even hold sacred and put in a place where it doesn't get shattered or broken or misaligned. These last couple of weeks, we have had some sick kids and I've been spending the majority of my weeks in the living room, sometimes on the floor, sometimes on the couch with Levi. And I woke up one morning and these were all mangled. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding? So I laid them on the ground and like one, one little, uh, what do you call these? An arm? I don't know. The, a bow? 
a bow. Okay. So it was like, it was elevated off the ground like two inches and the other one was flat. And I'm like, oh, great. So I, we, I tweaked them without breaking them, I hope. And so you guys look really good today. But, but I realized there are things, even as, as, as great as I try to take care of them, which they only cost like seven bucks online, Google for goggles4u.com in case you want to plug there. They're super cheap. That's where I get my glasses because I break them with kids and what I do for a living. So I realized that if these get messed up, I've got some issues later on in the day. But if we mess up the vision that God has for our life, we're going to have some issues for all eternity, potentially. If we don't get those things right, if we don't get these aligned, spiritually speaking, then we're not going to realize how he views us, how he views our future, what he wants to do in our family, what he is doing in our relationships, and what he has for us in this new year. And I believe God wants us to put on spiritually the vision that he has for you and how he views you and how he sees you, how he loves you. And so let's just talk about vision in general. This is just a standard, here you go, Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of vision. It talks about how the noun, the first one is literally just the faculty, the, the ability to see the ability to see, right? No, uh, nothing new there, right? With that definition, Meshach, I promise taking a picture of that is not going to be that valuable. <laughs> it is like the most basic definition you're ever going to hear. So when you, when you Google it though, you get a couple other definitions and I, and I want to go through them and then we're going to uh, talk about spiritually, what is God's definition of vision? And so number two, it says the ability to think about or plan for the future with imagination or wisdom. And I, I love that. I love that definition right there. I think that's great. And I think about spiritually speaking, God's vision for us, that is what he is wanting to do. He is wanting us to have the ability to be able to think about and to, play, and to see how he has vision for us with creativity and with, his, with heavenly wisdom. And I believe that's a lot of what he wants to do in our lives. And, and it goes on, there's a couple of other ones, and we're not going to get to these as much but the third definition that it gives is an experience of seeing someone or something in a dream or a trance or as a, a something supernatural. This would be more of the prophetic um, happenings of a vision, which we see a lot in the Old Testament and even some in the New. You see where the prophets would have a vision. They would have even a prophetic word where they would speak to Israel to call them back um, to something that was already written. It wasn't something that was misaligned again with who God was or misaligned with the scripture of what we already know him uh, to stand for and to be about. It was already clear. It wasn't, again, I don't want you to hear that, hey, someone's gonna give you some sort of prophetic word and you're gonna hear, they're gonna hear from, from God and it's gonna be totally off base. It's gonna be that you need to, you know, divorce your wife and, and murder your brother. You know, it's not gonna be contrary to God's word. It will never, ever be contrary to God's word. And I use extremes there, but there are subtleties even where you're like, ah, I don't know that, that the Lord is speaking that to me. I don't know that there are even these small nuances that someone may speak into your life that it needs to bear witness with the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have to have that plumb line of saying, God is already directing me according to his word. I have a relationship with him. And we can get into a mess, a mess with just off-base prophetic words. But the Lord did speak to the prophets that way. And then finally, the fourth definition that, that good old Merriam-Webster gives us is a person or a sight of unusual beauty. And other than my wife, I think about the Lord and I think about how he literally should be the one that we have vision of. He is the beautiful one. He is the one that hopefully this is coming from, this is going back to, it is all about that we have vision for him and him only. 
And so as we unpack some of these, I want us to, to go back and just look at this, this first one. And, and, and as I mentioned briefly, how important vision literally is for us each and every day of our life. You know, oftentimes we take for granted the things that, that we have until they're gone, right? We take for granted how healthy our kids are and, and we can slide through everyday life and get stuff done until some of them are sick. Maybe even for yourself. You take for granted uh, the fact that there's no financial burdens until things start falling apart and you need them. You take for granted that, man, I, I know exactly what's gonna happen next and this is where I'm going until you lose your job and you're not sure no doors are opening. You know, you, we take for granted when things are all going this way until they start going this way. And I think for us to have vision is more than just circumstantial. To have vision is that no, no matter what the circumstances, I know that what the Lord is saying and what he wants to do is true and sure, and nothing can change that regardless of what I'm experiencing right now. That is God's vision. And so we oftentimes take for granted these things that we have each and every day until they start to deteriorate. Our relationships until they start to fall apart, we take for granted that, man, they're, they're solid, uh, whether it's with a brother or a sister or a friend or a, uh, a significant other, until they start to deteriorate, we take those for granted. And simply put, there are many things in our life that we simply take for granted. And I believe having vision for your life, not just literally vision, but a perspective that God has for you and your future, we take that for granted sometimes until we don't have it. And I think it's really interesting what Helen Keller, you got to quote Helen Keller in a vision series, right? And so I, I, I love what she says here. She says, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. If you don't know who Helen Keller is, I'm sorry, Google that later. But she would say that the only thing worse than being blind as a blind person is having sight, but no vision. So we can be moving in a direction and it not be God's direction. We can be even thinking that, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to, but not have clarity from heaven that this is what he has destined us for. There's nothing worse than having sight, be moving and doing and, and acting and, and thinking we're going without it being in God's full and per, full perfect will for our life. And that's what I want for us this year. That's what I'm praying for 2020 for you and for me is that we would have God's vision like we've never had it before. And we can even write down some goals and you can do some resolutions. And, and I do a few of those things myself. But if we don't have the spiritual magnification to what he is doing and has already done in our lives, it will be null and void. It will only be self-propped up and it won't have the sustaining power that he desires it to have in our life. It only comes through his Holy Spirit as we're gonna talk about today. And so as we look at vision, I want us to, to remind ourselves of where we're headed because the end game is really, really important. There's a few people I know that really, they, they play the, the long game. There's others that I know, they fly by the seat of their pants and they're just like, I'm just trying to get to lunch. You know, I'm at dinner, I don't even know, much or less five years down the road. Uh, you talk to Josh and he's like, man, I'm playing the long game. He, use, he uses those words as far as like, yeah, job situation, I, I, I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm thinking about these other two things and I'm, I'm playing the long game. I'm looking 10 years down the road. I've got a couple other guys that work with me at Kiko on our board. Uh, Tommy, he's a good friend of mine, grew up with him in youth group. He's now managing um, a company that his dad started and he, he plays the long game. 
He plays the long game. He develops systems in his company that are gonna be healthy. Even if it costs him now, he's looking ahead on how he can create healthy culture. And, And for us, I want you to play the long game. I want you to see down the road of what God is doing and what he desires. And it's found in his word. And we're gonna see that today. We're gonna have vision for 2020 and for your life. And so I wanna know, I ask myself this because I know what I've experienced, but have you ever struggled to see a better situation than the one you were stuck in at one point in time. Maybe it's now, maybe it was before, you know, maybe you can relate to, but you get, you get in something and maybe you've even struggled to just have inspiration or drive or creativity. And um, for me, I mean, I experienced it when I was in college, just sitting down to write papers, simple things, right? You would have an idea of what you wanted to say. And it still happens to me every month. Matter of fact, there's a reminder on my calendar today, the fifth of every month, I have a reminder to begin writing my newsletter for Kiko. It has to be, I want it in the hands of the um, uh, staff member that's going to run it on the 10th and it's going to be in the mail by the 15th, but I start writing it on the 5th, all right? It's all methodical for me. That's the way I work. That's my vision. But I have to start cataloging things, stories of impact and things that are going to be meaningful that people want to hear about uh, because they want to know their investments having a return that that is worth eternity for them, that they can see that it's making a difference. And so I'll sit down, even with a few of these little notes, And without fail, time to time, it will happen. I'll struggle. I'll get to the keyboard and it's just like, it's not connecting the way I'd hope to. I don't feel like it has the passion of the drive. Have you ever experienced that before? Right? We call it writer's block. You just get there and you're like, and it can happen in conversations. You can know that you want to communicate something to someone. You want to express something, but then you get there and you're like, I don't know how to say what's going on in here and here. And you try to express it and it just, it's not, it's not connecting the way I'd hoped it would. And I promise my sermons are a lot better than what I'm saying. Just imagine how good they would be, right? If I was able to really articulate the way I wanted to, but it happens to all of us in everything that we do from time to time. And there's other times where, man, you're, you're on it. You feel, you're like, yes, I just knocked that out. You get the paper back and like, man, that professor didn't know. He totally shafted my paper and it's awesome. And, and, and that happened to me in school. Maybe Maurice, maybe you're still there. I don't know what's going on. Last semester, he's graduating. But it, it happens from time to time. We get that, we feel like we have inspiration and then it, it, it wanes, kind of ebbs and it flows. And for us, I want to talk about how do we have renewed vision? How do we have this for our lives, especially as God is directing us? Because sometimes, let's just be honest, we don't feel it. You know, it's, it's more than a feeling. Should I sing it? I shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, no, I should. <laughs> I should not sing more than a feeling. You go ahead, fill in those lines, sing the lyrics. But it is more than a feeling when we're following God's vision for our lives. Maybe you've heard me share a little bit before. When I was 14, the Lord began to put in my heart missions. Particularly, I felt like God was stirring my heart for unreached people groups. Now, those are, that is still near and dear to my heart. I believe it is near and dear to God's heart to reach the peoples of the world who have never heard the name Jesus and that we would support missionaries that are doing just that. We got to meet the Claytons this year for the first time who were headed to an unreached area of Southeast Asia that there's people there that do not, have never heard the name Jesus. They have no frame of reference for what you and I probably take for granted. And that is, that's near and dear to God's heart and it's near and dear to my heart. I pray, Lord, you would expand that this year in all of us. But as, as the Lord began to drop that in my heart, 
I began to interpret it in different ways. And I began to even take mission trips that would help fuel that. Like Maurice is headed to another, is it Mozambique? Where are you going? Mozambique, that's right. We're going to be hearing from him next week. We've got an opportunity to support Maurice again in a trip. I'm so excited to be able to be a part of that. But there's things that we fuel the, the things that God has put in front of us. And we know the vision is that as we go, we make disciples. As we go, we preach the good news to all nations, discipling them, baptizing them. And, and this, is the, this is the part of the vision that God has for all of us. But what it looks like in different seasons of our lives may take on a different mission. It may look a little different. And for me, I try to interpret these things and I try to fuel what God's vision was for my life and part in the whole scope of his vision for all of us. And, and I, I began taking mission trips and I went different places and I even started looking for career paths that would help me be a missionary. And God rearranged some of that and he reinterpreted it and that's okay. But I'll tell you what, there was a time, I'm gonna fast forward real quick when I was working in LA at a big ministry, a conglomerate of a ministry, the Dream Center out there, I just got burnt out personally. I was in a bad place. I'd gotten a little out just from working and working and working and working. Just so you know, the, the, the boss that I was working for, he was very type A, very driven. I'd find him countless times just asleep in the office when I'd come in in the morning. He'd worked all night and just fallen asleep in his chair. I mean, that was the environment I was in. And this was a huge ministry. We had a lot to do. There was always more in ministry and just about in everything, but especially ministry. And if you own your own business, there's always more you could do. And it won't get done unless you do it. But boy, there's a, there's a rest that we have to find in God in that. There's a rhythm that has to be initiated by him or it's not going to be sustainable. It will be self-sustained and it won't have the power of heaven. And that's not what I want for my life or yours. But I found myself in a bad place when I was there. And when I came home, I came home a little jaded. I came home as a uh, almost 21 year old, just trying to figure out how do I get spiritually back that passion and that vision I had before. And I thought, you know what? I'll go to this conference, I'll go there, I'll do some fasting, I'll just get in among these people that are like-minded and boom, it will be back on all cylinders. And I did those things. Now those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but the Lord is trying to teach me that my, my, my sustainability isn't in my ability at all. Isn't in my ability to say, yeah, I can kick my butt in gear and I can do these things that I know to do and the spiritual disciplines that are all good and well, but unless God's the initiator of them, it will be, it'll be flatline, which it did for me. And so I did these things and I'm like, God, I'm still not feeling it. And I'm questioning now and I'm just struggling. And I went through just a dark season there where I was just kind of floundering. You ever been there before? Just me. All right, good. This is helping me. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for sticking with me. But we find though that sometimes we may have had vision. We may not have it at all. But there's ebbs and flows to some, just the seasons of life that God will allow us to walk through. Where we're like, God, sometimes I feel like you're closer. Right now, I feel like you're far away. And that's where I was at. And it was during that time that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to what I know. You ever done that? I'm just going to go back to something familiar. So I went back to an old boss and I got an old job because I had tried to start the youth ministry side of Kiko. That was when junior staff first started. And I was floundering. I wasn't in a good place spiritually. I, I didn't know my bearings any longer. And it just, I, I just fell flat on my face. But I went back to uh, my old boss and I overcommitted myself. I said, man, I'm your guy. I'm all in. I don't have anything else to do is what I was thinking. I don't know where I'm going. And I overcommitted myself and I sold myself to something that I wasn't even supposed to be doing. And then when I finally figured it out, I was like, man, I got to get out of here. 
I'm not supposed to be doing this. And I went back to the last thing I had heard the Lord say to me. This is where you're headed. This is where I'm taking you. And it was to finish my education. And it was to move towards my master's in missiology and missions. And it was to move towards that. But I, I had to start moving towards what I had last heard him say. And it was a struggle for me because I still wasn't feeling it. And it took me some time to work that out. I want you to give yourself patience because the Lord is patient with us to work things out, to allow the process to happen. What, what did we sing today? God, I, I'm, I believe that you're in that process. I believe that you are a part of this, that you're gonna open my eyes and wonder, but I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you through this process. And sometimes he allows us to struggle a little bit so that we come out with a little bit uh, pure gold, that we're refined a little more. This is all about vision for our lives. And sometimes it wanes and we don't know what to do. Go back to what you last heard. Go back to what his word has already told you. It will be faithful and true. And I want you to know if you've ever found yourself in a similar place, you're not alone. And if you find yourself there right now, there are people here that understand. There are people that are walking through some dark times right now in this room that are still trusting the Lord. They're not giving up. And I want you to not give up as well. Give yourself that grace that God is extending to you as we have vision for 2020. Because then we can add to that. He wants to renew that inside of ourselves. He wants us to get up, to stop sitting there, dust ourselves off, start walking around, maybe stretch, change scenery. Literally, as I was writing my sermon and I got to this point, my watch went off and said, you've been sitting for an hour. You need to get up and walk around. I was like, you know what? That's very fitting. Sometimes we just need to get up from where we've been sitting, stop wallowing and say, okay, God, I'm going back to move towards you because he is faithful that if we draw near to him, he'll do what? He will draw near to us. And he is the initiator of all this. As he pulls us in, we can respond to that. And that's what we're going to see in the beauty of how the Holy Spirit is involved in vision for our life. And that's one of the reasons that we're looking at the, the 21 days of consecration, which started today. And I hope you'll pick up one of these booklets. This has a, a few different forms of prayer, kind of prayer models that it'll walk through with you. Um, I would love to say that Rick wrote this and, and that I, uh, I, I edited it a little bit, but it was awesome already. But we stole this completely. Um, they gave it away at a church that we were attending a conference at last year. And he said, hey, print this. We white labeled it. Put your logo on it. We're like, these people are awesome. Let's do it. So we did. We put our logo on it. And it's ours now. And I, we... we Said we weren't going to tell anybody, didn't we? Yeah, okay. I didn't tell you. Edit that. Rewind it. But it's got some different models of prayer as I rabbit trail. I would love for you guys to grab one of these. And if nothing else, maybe this will help you in just understanding different uh, prayer models of Scripture. But over these next 21 days, I believe the Lord wants to renew vision in you. And you can posture yourself starting each day saying, God, what is it that you want to renew in me? God, I know there are some things that maybe have become dull. I know there are some things where maybe where I've become apathetic, where I, I just, I need passion again. I need to hear your voice, bring clarity, spiritually awaken things in my heart that have been asleep. And I believe he'll do it. I believe he'll do it. And I'm not talking about this is a 21 day do it yourself. I think you hear that, right? Because I tried that and I can tell you it doesn't work. But when the Lord is the initiator and we're responding to his spirit, there is fruit. 
And he will do amazing things in your life, I believe, as you start the new year that way. And so here's my prayer over these next 21 days for myself and for every single one of you. I'm saying, God, I am yours and you are mine. I want more of you and less of me in every area of my life. In my insecurities, Lord, I need more of your vision for who I am. In my abilities to accomplish what I believe you are calling me towards, I need to trust you completely. With my family God, would you mend and restore relationships? Would you do what only you can? Bring back those that are near and dear to us that are far away from you. Only you can take time and words and regrets and make all things new. I'm praying this for every single one of us. God, in my health, I want to stand for what you have purchased for me and my family. I want to know and stand on your promises. Renew vision in my life, Lord. Let 2020 be a year of clear vision for all of us. Clarity on what you have for our lives. Clarity on how to walk in your fullness. Lord, this is my prayer. Let it be a year of 2020 vision. I'm praying clarity for every single one of us. And this happens spiritually. It doesn't happen because we know the right things, but it happens because the Lord awakens it in our heart. And so how would you know God's vision for your life, Meshach? How would you know God's vision for your life? How would you know that? Well, you may have heard some of these verses quoted and I believe we've already gone there. This is probably one of the most often quoted verses when you talk about vision. And I want us to actually maybe unpack it and understand it a little differently. Proverbs 29, 18, it says this in the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. But he that keepeth, I'm so glad the F was in there. He that keepeth the law, happy is he. I feel like Yoda wrote some of this. So he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so the, the, the vision there that I believe that he's talking about can be a little bit twofold. And we're going we're gonna to look at this in a couple different ways. And I'm going to go to the next translation real quick. The NASB, it says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. And that's really a little bit better of a translation than perish. Uh, unrestrained, without guidance, without direction or, or guardrails, so to speak. They're unrestrained, they're unhindered. And I believe that, um, I believe that the, the writer of this proverb, he was thinking about a couple of key examples uh, that we're gonna see where Moses and Aaron are with the Israelites and they are literally just off the chain, worshiping idols. Moses has been gone for a hot minute up the mountain and they can't keep it together. And, and literally they are unrestrained because they don't have vision. They have let someone else have a relationship with God for them. And when, when we do that, when we posture ourselves for someone else to hear from God for us, to not have our own inspiration of his vision for our lives, you won't have the same guidance that he wants for you. You hear that? I want you to have that this year. I want you to hear from the Lord yourself. I don't want you coming here and saying, all right, pastor, preach to me. Give me God's vision for me. Download it for me because that's not the way our God works. We have been, he has called us as a kingdom of priests for you to hear his heart and vision for your life and for the world, for yourself from him. And collectively, we will carry that out together. I hope we don't get caught up in that popish mentality. And then the ESV says this. He says, where there's no prophetic vision. Ooh, I like that one even better, BJ, prophetic vision, because that's where I'm going with this. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people are unrestrained. They cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Blessed is he who keeps 
the law. And then finally, my last translation. You're like, Michael, how many translations? Where there is no revelation, and I really like prophetic vision better, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. He's talking about a people, and I believe it's related initially to the Israelites, to the people of God. And he's talking about when they do not have vision or clarity for God's plan for their life, that there is no prophetic oomph to it. And, and people would read this and say, okay, that is when the prophets were not there. When the prophets, they came in, man, they were speaking God's word. Then the people were doing what they were supposed to. And that would be, I think, a real stretch of understanding this completely. There could be an aspect to that because think about it. When the prophets came on the scene, were the Israelites at their best or at their worst? They're at their worst, right? The prophets are calling them back to God's ways. And so they're giving them the vision that was already there. They didn't make up something. They're bringing them back to God's plan, back to God's word, back to what he had created them for as a nation, as a people to be his own. And so he's, they're calling them back, but they're at their worst. They're, they're without restraint already. And they're bringing them back through this vision. And that was usually one of the worst periods of time for them. And then they would start obeying God and the prophetic, you know, the need for the prophetic to call them back kind of subsided for a while until they went wayward, which we do in our hearts. And then we need the, the voice of the Lord spiritually to awaken us and bring us back to his vision for us. And I believe that there is a vision for every single one of us that the Holy Spirit has for our life. And look what the Holy Spirit's function is according to Jesus in John chapter 14. Look at this with me. I love this. I'm talking about 2020 vision. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance everything that I have said. I love that. So already Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is going to do this for you. He's not going to make up stuff. It's not going to, he's not going to add to He's literally going to bring back up the things you have already heard from me. My words are going to have new meaning in your life. You're going to have understanding and revelation of them because the Holy Spirit now is going to be infused in this process. Are you catching that with me? This is a, this is a game changer because we could walk through our life and not have the Holy Spirit bring to life the words of Jesus and we will flatline in having the passion and the vision that he has for us. But when the Holy Spirit is added to it, it gives life. Literally the breath of God is on his vision for our life. And so as we see the Holy Spirit is going to bring back these things, he's gonna teach us, he's gonna unpack these things that Jesus has for us, that he has already said, not writing something new, but reminding us of old what he has for you and what he has for me. And there is no worse place to be than to have a distorted vision of who God is and how he views us. You see, when we don't realize that he's the initiator and he's the one that is ravished with us, we start writing our own rules. We start trying to do our own things to find approval for him. We, we start trying to um, win his favor. We start trying to maybe even do things that we think would be pleasing to him. We try to do things in our own strength that, again, we find ourselves just lacking the passion to sustain because it wasn't initiated through him and from him. But when we find the rhythm of his rest and say, God, it is in you. It is through your Holy Spirit that this gains life. And I'm going to let your Holy Spirit do his work in my heart and in my life and let him bring to life your words again. That's where we find 2020 vision for our lives this year.
literally taking God's words and bringing new life to them. And I love that that throwing off restraint is literally as we have the vision that he has for us. I'm going to go back to, would you pull up the uh, ESV version real quick? I think it was the third one. It says this, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And so literally the, the restraint, you think about if you're unfettered and there's nothing to guide you, nothing to direct you. I mean, you can just go off guardrail. I mean, there's nothing keeping you in your lane, right? If there's no guardrails, the cliffs are just as easy to drive on as the, as the, as the road, right? There's nothing to keep you in your lane. You're without restraint. When we lack God's spiritual vision for our lives, we have no more direction than a wayward car in that point in our time. But you think about when we've got God's vision, when we can see what he's directing us towards, we've got the drive towards it. We feel him pulling us towards it because his Holy Spirit is in us, the guarantee of that deposit of what is to come. He's drawing us towards what is to come, the future that he has for us both now and forever. Then we're without restraint. We've got guides again. We feel the direction. We can tell where he's leading us because his Holy Spirit is prophetically enlightening what he has for us. The restraint, it's not holding us back. It's keeping us in our lane. It's keeping us where we're supposed to be pointed. It's keeping us going in the direction that he has for us. And that can only happen when there is God-inspired prophetic vision for your life. And that's what I'm praying for us this year. That's what I'm praying for. And so look at this in Exodus. I briefly was gonna mention this. Says this, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control. Aaron, he's already blaming, right? Aaron had let them get out of control. It's your fault, Aaron. And so become a laughing stock to their enemies. We were never destined to be without restraint. We were intended to have direction. You were intended to have vision. God desires for you to know his heart for you and his plan for your life. He doesn't desire you to walk around in a fog. He doesn't desire for you to walk around in apathy. But he is a gentleman and he will respect your desires and your wishes as well. Draw near to him, he will draw near to you. The beauty of it is he's already initiating this process. No one can come to me, but the father initiate that process. The, the spirit in him begin to draw him towards you. Respond to what he is already doing and watch how we won't be the laughing stock of our enemies because we find ourselves then in fear. We find ourselves in, in, in without sufficient funds for, for our daily bread, our life and sustainability. We find ourselves literally, here's everything around us and we should be living as the head and not the tail and we find it in the reverse because we have not been inspired by the prophetic vision he has for us. And they sent Moses up on that mountain and they didn't hear from God themselves and they didn't have vision for their lives. And God wants you to hear from him himself. So you came to church today to hear that listening to me isn't enough. All right, that's what you came to church to hear today is that hearing my words landing on your ears isn't enough to have God's vision for your life. Aren't you happy about that? <laughs> The end all be all is that it begins with God, it is for God, and it goes back to God. That is the plumb line of our lives, is that it comes from him, we allow it to work in us because it is for him, and it is gonna go back to him. We're going to hear his clarion call. You're gonna have clarity in your life this year. You're gonna know what he wants to do in your family. You're not gonna just have these promises of, yeah, this is the Bible, this is what it says. 
it's going to be inspired again in you. I'm believing that. I am praying that these next 21 days. And I love that some of our staff are, are literally taking this to where, hey, my wife and I, we're going to be setting aside just this month and, and we're going to be praying. And, and, and I heard that this, this weekend that we've got some stuff we believe the Lord's wanting to do. And we're going to start this year out that way. We're going to be dedicating ourselves to just saying, God, what is it? Maybe we've, we've let some things sit to the side. That may be what you're saying right now. God, I've not been addressing this. I kind of wish it would just fix itself, but I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to bring it before you. And I'm going to watch how you will begin to speak life into these things again. God's word is the starting place and the ending place of the inspiration for his will, desire, and vision for our lives. Listen to what, here we are, and I'm very um, Wesleyan in my thought and theology, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote John Calvin today. Till the Lord opens them, the eyes of our heart are blind. Till the spirit, and I've highlighted those intentionally, has become our instructor, all that we know is folly and ignorance. Till the Spirit of God has made it known to us by a secret revelation, the knowledge of our divine calling exceeds the capacity of our minds. Till the Lord, till the Spirit, till the Spirit of God. Till God begins to bring to life the things that we know are true, they still just kind of lay there as seeds on soil without growth but God wants to breathe on them. His spirit wants to inspire again with this new year, I believe a new vision for every single one of us. Would you believe for me that that would happen as well for you and for me both? I believe that God wants to do that. And I'm gonna wrap up with this. Is Bruce still here? Bruce, you can come and play some snazzy music. And so I look at the heavenly vision that God has called us to. And it is, it's literally a heavenly vision. And there's a passage in, of scripture, and I won't go there, it's rather lengthy that I have, but I'm gonna kind of quote it for you. In Acts, uh, Paul is before King Agrippa. And he's like, King Agrippa, I thought I was doing God's will. I was persecuting Christians and seeing them put to death. But then Jesus appeared to me on that road to Damascus. And I don't know if you've heard this before, we've been talking about something about encounter and connect and grow because my, I, I literally, like, I think somebody put it on t-shirts and my kids gave it away, like fabric candy at the doors. And literally we believe that everything begins with an encounter with God. That if we don't encounter him, he's not the initiator of what is happening. That if we don't see him for who he is, we still walk around as blind, even though we have sight. We have to have that encounter with him to have vision for our lives and what he has destined us for. And that is my prayer for every single one of us, that that would explode again with inside of us. I believe that's his desire for this new year, that we would start it out right, that we would start it out knowing, Lord, I hear your voice. And it's not just words again on a page. I grew up going to a Christian school, but I know when I encountered Jesus on January 3rd, 1997, something blew up inside of me. I couldn't go home and read those same red letter words that I had read day in and day out because I had to without something inside. <gasps> Jesus, you're drawing me in. Something is happening. And I remember sitting in my room that very next week of that January, looking through the gospel of Matthew and just tears coming down my face because it had life. It had prophetic vision on it. That is my prayer for every single one of us. God, renew it again in our day. What you have done before, do it again this year. Renew vision in us. And Paul's standing before King Agrippa and he's saying, I encountered Jesus and I thought I was following what God had for me. 
Maybe you think you're following him, but then you encounter Jesus and you're like, well, I had that a little wrong. I guess I'm supposed to go, okay. I was actually fighting against Jesus. Okay, well, maybe yours isn't quite as skewed as that one was, but he will realign. Allow him to realign your vision as you encounter him. Allow him to redefine what it was meant to look like in this day and time for you. Allow him to renew the relationship. Maybe you met the Lord 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. You're like, Lord, I remember what it was like when I first met you. But man, a lot of stuff's happened between now and then. Allow him to recultivate that first love. It doesn't have to look the same, but boy, you can still have those fun feelings of getting together with Jesus again. You can still have that fondness for him that you had when he first pulled you out of where you were at, because I know what he did for me and he's done some stuff for you too. Allow him, as Paul is standing before Agrippa, he says, I encountered him. And then I followed the vision because it says he has a purpose for me to go to the Gentiles. And I left Damascus and I studied the scripture and I went and told them about the mysteries of Christ. And he says, I am standing before you, King Agrippa, because I have been obedient to the heavenly vision. When we encounter the Lord, he gives us purpose and we begin to understand the heavenly vision he has for our lives as Paul did. And we can go through shipwreck and hardship and live in plenty and have luxury. And it doesn't matter because we know, God, I've got to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Come hell or high water, God, I'm going to be obedient to to steward my family well, to steward my energy, my time and my resources well. God, to be who you have called me to be. Lord, I've seen the heavenly vision inspire in me once again in 2020. That's my prayer for all of us this year. And I wanna challenge you guys over the next 21 days, grab that book back there. Read these scriptures, read Ephesians chapter one, verses 15 through 21. It's Paul's prayer for the, for the church in Ephesus. And his prayer is this, he says, oh, it's daily that I kneel before the Father in heaven and I pray this. He says, he says these words, which I just love. He says, let me find it real quick, I'm sorry. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now I'm gonna go to verse 17 in Ephesians 1. Will you find that one real quick for me, Bethany? He says this, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He's not writing to non-Christians, folks. He's writing to me and you. He's writing to brothers and sisters who are following the Lord. And he's saying, I'm still asking, that God would give you a spirit of illumination, of wisdom and revelation of prophetic vision for your life. So that what? This has a purpose. So that you may know him better. You wanna know him better? It starts with the illumination of the spirit in your hearts and minds today. It's not mental ascent. It's not just knowing the word more. It is when God breathes on that word. Believe me, I love memorizing scripture because I know when I've got a little bit of catalog for the spirit to pull from, he can breathe on that and I've got more for him to breathe life on. So don't hear me. It's not an either or, it's a both and. We're gonna dive into this together these next 21 days and say, God, what's your vision for me? Holy Spirit, awaken it again in my heart. Would you pray with me? If you would say, Michael, I need it. I found myself in, in a place that I need, I need renewal. I need some things in my heart to be revived. 
There is an awakening that needs to happen, Michael, in specific areas. I could, I could write them down right now or it's my whole life. I need, I need vision. I need clarity. If that's where you're at today, I want to pray with you. Would you just raise your hand? Amen, amen, amen. Jesus, I just ask that you would breathe the breath of life on us again today as you did to your disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we embrace what your spirit is wanting to do in our lives this new year. Help us, God, to get out of our planning and out of our, uh, our doing without having your inspiration. But God, we wanna couple that together and say, Lord, you allow us to make our plans, but you direct our paths. We're gonna allow you to interpret and redefine and direct our lives this year. And Lord, we're gonna let you into areas of our heart that we've put up some walls. We've, we've been hurt before. We have some problems trusting. And God, we're gonna give that to you this year. We're gonna trust you in the process. And I believe you're gonna open our eyes in wonder because your spirit is going to be involved. Holy Spirit, brew over us today. Awaken us to our first love again. As we leave this place, God, may we be intentional to give you opportunity to inspire and speak to us spiritually, giving us that prophetic vision that we would walk with purpose, that we would see the direct path you have in front of us. As we draw near to you, you are faithful, God, to draw near to us. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen and amen.